You're listening to episode number one. Woohoo! Welcome to the Powerhouse Podcast. My name is Megan Swanson, former Miss Nebraska turned entrepreneur and expert pageant interview coach. And each week right here, we bring you a motivating conversation to help you discover just how to unlock the winner within you. Get ready for expert pageant interview secrets, life coaching strategies, and tons of personal development. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Now, let the podcast begin. Well, hello there, friends. Welcome to the very first episode. I can't believe that it is finally here. I had been wanting to start a podcast for years, and I've been waiting for this launch date for the new year, happy 2019, everyone, for literally months. So like the introduction said, if you're brand new and have no idea who I am, my name is Megan Swanson, and I cannot tell you how excited I am that you are here right now. Um, I decided to start this podcast for a million reasons, but so many of them started because of the amazing people just like you guys that I get to work with on a daily basis. My clients, primarily in the pageant industry, I am an expert interview coach for pageant women and get to work with some of the most amazing people all across the country and um, what is even starting to be some international coaching as well, which is so exciting. And so you guys, this podcast is for people who desire to be described as a powerhouse, just like you know the name says, or at least to start seeing themselves as a powerhouse. That's so important to me. And so many, so many people that I see so often, you know, can't describe themselves that way. And so I'm so excited here to talk about personal development and to help you pageant women listening to absolutely slay your interviews, to just dominate every portion of your pageant. But even more importantly than that, to teach you the personal development skills to be a fantastic communicator and just a fantastic human in the world. So many of you guys are so wrapped up in your pageant prep and are oftentimes aspiring towards this massive goal of winning your state or your national pageant for years. And it's hard for it to not be so all-consuming. And some of you guys listening who may not be pageant people might have other things that you have been aspiring towards for so many years. And my hope and my goal is that through this podcast and the free nature of this podcast is that every single week that you can have some coaching to look forward to that can help you get from point A to point B for whatever that goal is for you. So you guys get ready to have tons of fun here to hear me probably laugh at myself and tell bad jokes all the time. You'll hear some client testimonials and even I'll bring some clients on sometimes to just chat with them and you guys can hear some real-time growth of what's going on with them. Um, I'll bring on some special guests every once in a while who excel in either pageant land or what I like to call business land or personal development land and some of the land beyond and you guys will hear you know the real stuff here that actually helps you unlock the winner within which is our tagline at powerhouse pageantry so you can not only ace your interviews slay the stage but you know the world is your stage too and I hate for that to sound really cliche but I really want you guys to feel like you can wake up every day and win in life because as you guys will hear through some of my stories today I did not always wake up every day thinking that I was a winner or feeling like I was a winner and you guys will get to hear three really vulnerable stories of mine which is why I've titled episode number one 
Hi There, Three Stories. And I'm really excited. And just to be honest with you guys, this is a very vulnerable experience, having a podcast and sharing parts of your life and sharing your expertise with people. um, It's a challenge because it really challenges me, even though I'm quite a self-starter, to constantly be getting better at my craft and um, always working on stretching my emotional intelligence and stretching the depths of who I am so that I can be a better coach and a better leader and a better mentor for everyone who either clicks on this podcast or who I might come in contact with individually. And my hope is that you guys can take this knowledge and not only apply it to your life, but also start to create a legacy for yourselves for how you can disciple others and mentor others and take this information to the world beyond. So before we get totally ahead of ourselves, I have a few housekeeping things for this very first podcast that I'd love for you guys to just make sure that you can check off your list for me. So to make sure that you're you're getting all of the good and free stuff coming up, make sure to check that you're subscribed to this podcast and have downloaded all the ones that you can. That way you'll never have to worry about buffering or missing valuable info that will absolutely change your life. And second of all, the best way that you guys can get in contact with us is through our email info at powerhousepageantry.com on Instagram at Megan underscore Swanson or at powerhouse pageantry and those links will be in the show notes so you guys are able to go to those if you have any questions or you want to give us future topic ideas even though a lot of these are already recorded Um, but I want to hear what you guys want to learn and we'll talk about that a little bit at the end so I love meeting all of you guys listening to what you need help with and helping however I can So you guys, today this episode is, like I said, going to be just a little bit different than the rest. I brainstormed for what seemed like kingdom come as to what the heck I was going to start with, what would make the biggest like impact for all of you guys, because I literally care so much that you guys keep listening and that you get value from this every week. Like I'm not starting this podcast just to hear myself talk. I can call my friends for that. I have family members for that. That's not the purpose of this. I care so much that you guys get the answers and the information that you need to achieve your goals, win your pageants, and win in life. Like if <laughs> if you talk to any of my clients, and as we have some of my clients on here for just quick chats, and you can hear kind of their testimonies, I'm just obsessed. I, I'm a competitive person. I'm not only obsessed with winning, but I just, you know, I didn't have the easiest road in my life, and I never really had a mentor to take me along like the road of life. I just had to figure it out. And now in business, I have so many mentors all over the world from America to Australia who have luckily helped me so much. And I understand the power of mentorship. And so I want to breathe life into that for you guys. And I just want you guys to know that from the bottom of my heart, that is my goal here. It's not to just hear me talk every single week, like I said, because I can do that on my own. I want real results for you guys. And so as we, as you guys listen to these podcasts every week, it would mean the world to me for you guys to drop some comments below of, you know, little nuggets that you learned or revelations that you had. And my goal for this first episode really is to build trust between us and to make you feel like your family, you know, to make you feel like even successful people, business people, pageant people, air quotes, are just ordinary people with ordinary problems who decided not to stay there. 
And my intent today is to share with you these elements of my life, these three stories, so that you all can see me as a real person with real problems and real circumstances, not just like a coach in ethereal coach land that lives a perfect life on Instagram, because that's not the case. And today, as I tell you these stories, remember that at the time of these events when they happened, like they were a big deal. So you're going to hear about some stories that were absolutely from an eighth grade, a ninth grade Megan perspective. And that's totally okay. You know, guys, we don't know everything when we're 13, 14, and I didn't know what I knew now. And I'm excited to now share kind of the full circle perspective on all three of these. So my one note for you guys before we get started is to take note, even mentally or get out a pen and paper as you're doing this, as you're listening, as you're doing your hair in the morning or makeup, or maybe you're driving in your car or walking in between classes, Take note of how these situations make you feel when I'm sharing these stories and what thoughts come to mind. Processing these emotions is something that I'll have you guys check into in almost every episode because as you guys will learn that we are responsible for our thoughts and our emotions. And one thing that I'm so excited to really thread through every single one of these episodes is teaching you guys how to take that power back through understanding your mind and understanding emotions. And that's something that I used to really struggle with, but I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves with that. Let's dive right into the first story. So our first story for you guys today, setting the scene was in about eighth grade. So (laughs) I've had a weird thread in my life of females just not being so nice to me. And I want to be very careful as I share these stories um, that you guys know that my goal is not to fall into this victim mentality. You know, when we're sharing stories and sharing things that have happened to us, especially from our past, I think it's really difficult to not play the blame game. And so I want to share my intent very clearly um, in the beginning of this so that you guys know that I'm, I very much tried to take out as many details as I could to just share this story so you guys could catch the emotion behind it and catch what happened and get that visual picture in your mind, but to not drag anyone else's name, certainly not their name, first of all, um, through the mud and to understand that this is a long time ago and you guys will kind of hear my fresh perspective on it now, but let's dive into that story. So it's eighth or ninth grade. Um, in my last year of middle school, and we'll call her female number one, was a very, very good friend of mine. One day, I had a hunch that my older brother's best friend, who was also one of my very good friends, had a crush on her. And before I knew it, literally before I knew it, they were dating and I lost them both. But it didn't stop there. At the time, I felt like she made it her personal mission to make my life a living, you know what, the next four years of high school, to make sure to spread my name through the mud, to threaten every leadership position I held in church, and tear the rest of my friend groups apart. Despite probably 100 attempts to make amends for, quote, whatever I did, which to this day I have literally no idea, I was and am still blocked on all social media. I've been dragged into two-on-one meetings with she and her mother for two hours to try and peg lies about my character on me, and I've been called every name in the book. Not to mention, three and a half years later, after the initial friendship breakup, she and my guy best friend broke up, only for her to go to our prom with my new best guy friend, who had been my friend for three and a half years, dump him a week later, and then take her now husband to her own prom. Whew, now that was a lot. 
How do you feel right now? Shocked? Sad? Vulnerable? I bet. And isn't that funny that naturally when we hear stories like this, we want to assume the role of the rescuer, to avenge the hurt. That very reason is actually why I wanted to share this story with you guys today, because now nine years later, um, actually probably even more, but for nine years, I sat with that story in my mind, and whenever I'd rehearse it, I played the victim. You see, there's three major roles that we'll talk about when it comes to conflict, and I just described one of them, the rescuer. I just described the second one, the victim, and the third one is the persecutor. I won't go into too much detail about that right now. You guys can ascertain what that means. But for nine years, I played the victim. I put 100% blame on the people who had quote-unquote done this to me, and I'd convinced myself that I did nothing wrong just because I didn't understand what I could have even done to make them upset. But today, I want you to hear that this is so vitally important. People act out of their best intentions, and when we are hurt as humans, we love to assume other people's intent. I did. She did. Her mom did. My mom did. You have. We all have. And even when it seems like someone is so incredibly wrong, 99% of the time, people aren't trying to be hurtful. And as hard as it is, she and her mom felt 100% justified in every action that they played in the game, just as I did. They were operating out of their best, even if it was the worst. Even if it affected me so badly that it contributed to an eating disorder later on my freshman year of college, at the time, I couldn't process that. And all I felt was despair, confusion, anger, sadness. But today, though I still to this day have no idea, and I mean no idea what I did to be treated that way, and obviously there are several other details, I have concluded that I probably did do something along the way, even if it was, quote, nothing to me, that deeply did wound this person, and I 100% did not have the emotional or mental intelligence at the time to fix it, despite what I felt like were my best efforts. You guys, in hindsight, I have realized that in the 13 years since that I had a lot of self-work to do on my own. And that has been an absolutely necessary and sometimes painful process, but so worth it. So here are some quotes that I thought up for you guys that I think really sum up the experience. One, when people don't know who they are, they like to attack people who do. I'll say that again. When people don't know who they are, they like to attack people who do. You guys can just sit on that one for a second. Number two, it's a lot easier to play the blame game than to feel a negative emotion or positive emotions that you're afraid of or have healthfully confrontational conversations that can bring beautiful resolutions in life. You guys, this was me. Growing up, it was so much easier because I was not so emotionally intelligent. I'm naturally a thinker, and I'm actually just starting to deal with this in my own life. I was so scared of feeling negative emotions, and I didn't have the conflict management strategies growing up 
that could bring beautiful resolution. You guys, even though I have no idea what I did to upset this girl back in eighth or ninth grade, and even though it's carried on to where that person still isn't a huge fan of me, you guys, I bet you that I said something or did something that I had no idea could even hurt someone. And you know what? If I could go back and do things over 100%, I would use the conflict management strategies that I have to validate that person's emotions and hopefully things would be different. And no, you know what? Like I don't walk through every day, obviously, holding this over my head, but I hope that you guys can see the principle that there's two sides to every story and that that's actually really beautiful because what it does is it enables us to understand that we have a lot more power to bring resolution in our life. And if we pair that with the understanding that we are responsible for our thoughts and our emotions and our words, which we'll talk about in several, if not every episode to come, it's a really wonderful and peaceful feeling because you feel like you have your power and your life back and you don't have to let other people hurt you because we actually hurt ourselves. So with that, let's go to our second story, which happened in the ninth grade lunchroom with ninth grade Megan. Okay, so about a year later, if I could just let you guys inside my world really quick, if I could have described myself in the ninth grade, this makes me laugh, I would have described myself as a firecracker lit inside of a shop of really expensive china. Okay, so just to give you a little bit more context, I'm the middle child. I definitely live up to the standard and the stereotype, and I'm the firstborn female, so y'all can figure that out. I was 100% passion and vision, baby, and about 2% out of 100 execution. And as a quintessential A-type personality and an ENTP-A, if you haven't figured it out yet, I'm obsessed with personality types. I can put some in the show notes if you guys want to take some free personality tests. And if you're friends with me or you're one of my colleagues or one of my clients, you understand that I'm obsessed with them. Um, but let's just say Myers and Briggs call me the debater for a reason. So I laugh about it now, but you guys, the situation was certainly not funny then because remember when I told you that um, I had a really, really... <laughs> hard time with just overall in my life, women not being so nice to me. Well, in this case, uh, it wasn't just them. It was absolutely me. And I have to admit that in this situation, you know what, this might sound arrogant to you, but I'm just going to be real. Most everything had come pretty easily to me in my life until I was about 18. Um, and we'll get there in the next episode. Like I just had favor on my life. I did well in school. Like I grew up in a really musical household and we were singing five-part harmony in the car when I was two, um, you know, all those kinds of things. But I really struggled with building relationships because of that lack of emotional intelligence, you guys. And in this situation, it's another example of how at the time, man, it seemed like it was totally their fault. But what a blessing that so many years later, I've been able to look back and see what part I had to play. But like I said, a lot of things came easily to me back then. And so because of that, sometimes I kind of thought that I was on top of the world, which is interesting because paired with a lot of the things that happened to me in my life with bullying specifically from females, it was like I knew on the inside that I had worth, but at the same time, I was dealing with a lot of inner self-confidence issues because of these different things that happened. And so with that unique debater, very strong personality, what could go wrong, right? What could go wrong? Nothing could go wrong. Well, 
Female number two was the first one to really call me on it, or I guess second one, apparently now actually telling the story, second one to really call me on it. And let me just say my my perspective, like I said, 12 years later is much different than it used to be. So here's what happened. We're in the lunchroom, and this is such a nerdy thing to say out loud. We were arguing over the IB program versus the AP program. How much nerdier of a conversation can you get? I don't actually think it's possible. So long story short, over the course of maybe two minutes, you guys, I had just spent Halloween with my whole new group of friends. It was my first real group of like best girlfriends. We had just spent a weekend in a cabin. It was so awesome. We're all besties for life. We're all going to be each other's bridesmaids. And literally over the course of maybe two or three minutes with me opening my big mouth and probably asserting my own way. And to the extent of what I thought that I said was explaining why IB wasn't as good as AP because I'm just an opinionated person. Do I actually think that? No, I was like 13 years old. But anyways, so what happened in the course of about two minutes is female number two is screaming in the middle of a lunchroom of 3,000 people saying our friendship is over, kicking me out of our friend group, and then spreading really nasty rumors about me, like I said, to a school of about 3,000 people. And for the next three years of high school, I literally would tremble in fear in the hallways because I was so scared of this person. I was also terrified of boys at this point, so that didn't help. Cue me making like the weirdest faces at people as they walk by me in the hallway and then thinking, Megan, oh my gosh, why the heck did you do that? How does your face even do that? I'll never forget taking varsity basketball pictures and having to take them like with the boys and girls teams together. I was a basketball player in high school go figure I'm six feet tall and I was like sweating hotter than a pig in 100 degree weather because I had to like stand by the boys doesn't that just make you wish you were back in high school not and like I said as somebody who didn't have a friend stick around for longer than a few weeks until that very high school friend group um, 14 year old Megan was crushed I remember like long talks with my amazing mom wondering mom why don't people like me why won't the girls accept me? Like, why did what I say hurt them so much? And I don't know if you guys have ever been have ever been in that position where you've done something and someone just decides to be mad at you or just decides that there's nothing that you can do. And I think that that's one of the worst feelings in the world when somebody would just decide to stay hurt. I don't know. Like, I've never really been somebody who's held grudges towards anyone. But for me, it's just, man, one of the meanest things that somebody could do. And I had a really difficult time with it. And as I said earlier, it really wrecked my confidence. On the outside, like I was a lead in every musical. I had a good GPA, great family, you know, started in varsity basketball. Okay, well, half the time I did. Tune into episode (laughs) three for more of that story. Um, But on the inside, you guys, I was just not confident. And as a natural thinker, rather than a feeler, again, ENTP, I realized only about a year ago, yes, like it literally took this long to realize this, that I had such an incredibly low ability to process emotions um, and such a low emotional intelligence, which is now so clear to me is completely different than just intelligence. And I think that thinkers really struggle with this because naturally we're not wired as feelers. But I realized that I could be thriving on the outside and absolutely like just ripping people to shreds with the words I spoke. And the reason is, is because I dealt with emotional detachment. And I only learned what that was about 
a year ago. I was zero to 100, on or off, hot or cold. And because of that being my natural nature, which has a lot of benefits, by the way, like as an entrepreneur, I go all in for whatever I decide is my thing. And I, I get excited about new projects. I dig my heels in. I will spend 16 hours working on it. Like I do not do well with margin in my life. I will fill every gap with work, 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 work if I can. But what I didn't realize was that I was growing this emotional detachment, which because I was zero to 100, I had literally zero conflict management capability. And you guys, like I said, this is something that I'm learning over a decade later. And it's hilarious because so many of my highly intellectual clients deal with this, usually because their family was that way or they've been through trauma in their life, like divorce or abuse or just bad interactions with other humans close to them. And once I have them read about emotional detachment, they're basically like Edison discovering electricity. Seriously. Um, I'll do a whole podcast on this later, so don't worry. Um, And I'll do several podcasts also on the opposite. If you're just an emotional wreck all the time and totally need to find some balance, I got you. Don't worry. We'll talk about that too. But isn't that cool? All the things that we could do differently. All those times that I blamed that girl for ruining my life where I felt so strongly like I was in the right. And I remember you guys walking through the halls just cowering in fear, wanting to have that resolution between she and I but I had no idea how to validate her emotions. I had no idea how to apologize. There's a great book um, on apology languages. A lot of times we hear of love languages, but apology languages are also something that's vitally important, especially if you're um, important, if you're in a relationship with somebody who may have a different type of upbringing, um, or even if they have a very similar upbringing, they might have a totally different apology language than you. That's something that I found in my own life and is so incredibly Um, important to find out how to communicate with the people closest to you. And so, like I said, 13 years later, you know, I've kind of gleaned and come to the conclusion that I probably just said something really harsh, switched off my ability to feel, which is what emotional detachment is, and then sat there wondering for years why her along, she along with a bunch of other people were hurt. And it's literally kind of like selective memory loss, kind of, because you're so far removed from your emotions for a short period of time that you can't communicate well during heated times of emotion. It literally is like you have a broken filter that's clogged with a bunch of dirt and the emotions are a liquid trying to get through and there's like (laughs) a piece of foil in your sitting on top of your filter and so none of the water can get through or there's just a big pile of mud as opposed to the water coming through your filter that's like a really easy visual representation to kind of understand what happens when we're not emotionally intelligent i'm so passionate about this but we have one more story to tell so i'll keep moving on this is getting really good i promise you guys we'll go into way more detail about that later because i don't know if you're as excited as me but obviously i'm extremely passionate about that don't worry we'll talk about it so much more later okay So here's our last story for the day. Thanks so much, you guys, for tuning in, for listening. I hope that you've been enjoying this and learning some strategies for your own life so far. Okay, so female number three. I'll never forget sitting on my floor of my very, very, very small college dorm room as a wee little freshman and in the middle of a very pleasant girl hang with my new college bestie, um, hearing a sentence come out of her mouth that immediately left me bursting into tears. 
and us not speaking for a really long time. Sound familiar, guys? <laughs> like, sound familiar. Um, fun fact, all three of these people actually had the same name. I don't know if that's like a cosmic weird thing, but that is a thing. So fun fact. Um, so the sentence that she told me was paraphrased. You know, Megan, all you ever talk about is your family, pageants, music, and God. It's really annoying and you should stop. Not everything is all about you all the time, you know? Here's me. My insides immediately felt like they leapt to my outsides. My hair bristled on my arms into goosebumps so sharp that they could cut someone. And I just remember answering, what? Like, it wasn't even like a mad what. It was just like a, is this really happening to me again? Like, what is wrong with me? And the rest of the conversation between she and I isn't important. And I honestly don't remember again. Um, But I don't want to make it about a victim thing again. But what I want these stories to be are valuable teaching moments that give you guys a glimpse of what real life success looks like. And want to know what it looks like? (laughs) Dealing with your insecurities. Dealing with your failures. Facing the ugly parts of you. And sitting with them while having a heart for solutions, some of which take six years, some of which take 12, some of which take 13, like these stories did. And what I thought at the time, sounding familiar by now, wow, I didn't say anything that could hurt her. How could anything I have said hurt her? I rewind the entire conversation in my head. Nope, I didn't do anything wrong. Why is she so sensitive? Do I talk about this stuff all the time? Is that wrong? Should I stop? Is the friendship even worth it? What if she spreads lies about me? What if everyone else stops liking me? The reality, honestly, because of emotional detachment, I have absolutely no clue if I said something specific to trigger her response. But what I do know is that it's never wrong for you to share what you love. Are you a foodie? Do you love hanging out with your best friends? Are you grateful for music? Did you have an awesome conversation with your mom today? Are you loving a new pair of jeans that you saved up for for months and finally got to buy? Share it. One thing that I know is that jealous people will always try and tear down other people's successes. And now, like I said, I could have very well said something that I actually should have apologized for. And that's another story. That's where emotional intelligence just comes back in and being willing to go first and fall on the sword to be empathetic for another person's emotions. But let's say on the flip side, that you have someone in your life who repeatedly tears you down for speaking up about what you believe in, what you love, and what you like. Here's my advice. Why the heck are they still in your life? Do you wear clothes 10 sizes too big? Uh, You shouldn't. Do you enjoy eating poison in your spare time? Mm, No. Am I 100% over-dramatizing this? Yes, 100%. So if your friends are clearly toxic... Why surround yourself with their poison or that boyfriend of yours or that teacher who is wholeheartedly mistreating you and is affecting your schoolwork? Get it out. You'll thank yourself for it. Whew. Well, guys, we got deep today. And my friends, that is it for today's episode. Number one, as I discussed a little bit in this episode, we have so much greatness coming up in the next few episodes. So go on ahead to episode number two and please listen to the super, super special brand new program I have for all of my listeners starting January 10th. Talk soon and have a great week. 
If you're ready to take your pageant life to a whole new level, make sure to join us in the Powerhouse Inner Circle, where personal development meets pageantry. Each month, for less than the cost of one coaching session with me, you'll get all my best coaching strategies through two live group coaching sessions, a companion guide to make it stick, and a community to grow with during your pageant prep. Head on over to powerhousepageantry.com forward slash inner circle to learn more and to see if there's a spot for you. Finally, thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I know life is busy and that you may be listening on your commute, at the gym, or while cooking in between classes. We love helping you unlock the winner within you. And if you love this podcast, it would mean the world to us if you'd subscribe. If this episode really hit home for you, don't hesitate to let us know on Instagram by screenshotting this episode and sharing it to your story or by texting it to that one friend who really needs to hear this. It's all about spreading sisterhood and helping other powerhouse women like yourself grow. And remember, if you're ready to go all in on your pageant prep and to link arms with other achievers who want to win their pageants and win in life, our powerhouse inner circle could be the place for you. For questions, to work with us, or for topics you'd like us to cover, email info at powerhousepageantry.com and we'll be in touch. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.